we'll be at the dinner table and he's just like ah! <laughs> and he's like this really loud dude and we're all you, just like what you peaked so hard it went <laughs> it went away just now <laughs> like it totally stopped did i break it yeah you broke it i broke it you're I'm back like now peer, though i'm like peers with his sneeze <laughs> Did I say Pierce? Pierce. I know, I, I, know, I know what you're talking about. Ugh, okay. This is going to be a great recording. Yes, okay. it is. <laughs> Let's do it. Never better. All right. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 24 of the Goulet Pencast, where fountain pens are still a thing. I am Brian Goulet. And I am Drew Brown. And we are here from Goulet Pens in our fancy, fancy sweaters to deliver this casual and informal, tangential and extraneous, superfluous and extemporaneous fountain pen show where we talk about what's going on at the Goulet Pen Company and in our fountain pen lives. In today's show, we are going to talk a lot about ink. That's going to be our whole Q&A theme. We have some holiday gift ideas since we are approaching that season. And we are celebrating Goulet Pen's 12th year anniversary. So we're going to talk a little bit about that too, along with some of the other things. Um, little heads up, we're going to be taking next week off because we are celebrating Thanksgiving. And seeing as how the holiday falls right in between when we record and when we publish, publish this video, we just said, you know what? Y'all can, uh, can deal. We have, enough, we have enough of these out there. They're long enough as they are. Go back and rewatch some of them. I'm sure you forgot most of the nonsense that has already been said. Or no, go, wa kidding, go but... watch that one you skipped because it didn't sound interesting. <laughs> For sure. Undoubtedly, you've skipped some. Um, but anyway, so we just want to wish everybody happy Thanksgiving if you are in the U.S. and celebrate that. And if not, we wish you a happy random Thursday in November. But we are going to be with our families eating way too much food. So anyway, um, we'll be back again in December, picking right back up where we left off. All right, let's kick the podcast off here. Podcast? Video? Video podcast? It's both, sort of. We're going to kick it off with some feedback. Drew and you have some pretty exciting feedback to share, I think. I do, I do. And we're going to keep it with the Thanksgiving <laughs> theme because if you were with us last week, uh, you might have been one of the, uh, I want to say few, but it really wasn't a few. It was quite many uh, people who stuck with us to the end. And because Brian and I were curious about who, in fact, did stick with us to the bitter end when we're talking about absolute nonsense, we said, hey, if you're here for this long, type in random word in the comments. And it turned out to be turkey hammock. And I was blown away by the amount of people that no, not just said turkey hammock, you know, indicating that there are quite a few people that tolerate us for the entirety of the podcast, which is shocking. But the creativity and just clever hilariousness of everybody's comment, the, the, a few of them just said, hey, turkey hammock. But there were so many of them that like weaved it into this just comical chunk of poetry that I, it was just a treat to read. And it really just... All of it just encompassed how much I love about each and every one of you, about how proud and fortunate we both feel to have been doing this for, you know, 24 episodes. It's not a ton. We both listen to podcasts that are, you know, into their hundreds. But the fact that this has been so well received, we've been continuing to have such a great time doing it and that you are that engaged with us and are having fun in the comment section like that. That just, we love it so much. So, uh, Brian and I are working on something uh, in regards to the aforementioned turkey hammock. Uh, 
we don't know exactly what shape it's going to take yet, but we wanted we want to be able to allow something to be purchased by the diehard crazy tur- turkey hammock people. Um, <laughs> so we're working on something. We'll we'll keep you updated. Um, we'll Would you say you, that we're cooking something up, Drew? I'll, what I'll say is that we will keep you turkey abreast of the situation. So uh, yes. <laughs> so look, look forward to that. Follow us on Instagram. I'll probably put something up there uh, once we have something uh, solid. So. Thank you for the support. It means the world to us. And Absolutely. additionally, we got a lot of comments about uh, someone's, uh, I believe it was, um, oh gosh, I forgot their name, but they had a comment last week and they had meant to say drain, but ended up autocorrecting it to Anduin. And I was like, I think it's a World of Warcraft thing because I just Googled it real quick. But it turns out it is the river, Brian, in which Smeagol and Deagle were paddling around in when Smeagol found the One Ring of Power in Middle-earth. Uh, so it was not a typo. It was a very deep-cut Well, reference. no, no. It was it was definitely an autocorrect, but my mm. reference was not the popular reference. It was uh, the more oh, popular okay. reference definitely is the river from Lord of the Rings. Okay. The river that started it all, one could say. So mm. Anduin, the river Anduin. So thank you. We got quite a few references on that one. Awesome. Um, Got some feedback from Caitlin said, I'm only eight minutes in, but I need to comment. Brian was in show choir. I think we need a demonstration of his vocal talents. Um, Yes, I was in show choir. It's actually how Rachel and I met, which I was going to talk about this later in the in the broadcast here. But uh, I just hit my camera shaking a little bit. Okay, Um, was going to talk about this a little bit later. But Rachel and I celebrated 20 years since we met. 20 years very nice how she has put up with me for 20 years i could not tell you but she clearly sees something in the situation that is mutually beneficial to her probably your sweater Um, game well you know didn't i didn't have this sweater game until later in life drew um (laughs) have you to thank for that mostly you're welcome um but you know game recognizes game on that one is what i would say um (laughs) by the way drew's rocking the um Ghostbusters. Is that a Ghostbusters tee as well? Not really a tee. It's a yes. collared shirt. Yes, it is as a Ghostbusters, well as Ghostbusters button up with Ghostbusters sweater car- on top of that. Sweater. It's like a cardigan. Is that a cardigan? Is yes, that what that's it is a cardigan. Yeah. Okay. Nice. And I'm rocking Santa Jaws, which is, you can't really see it very well, but my, there you go. We did a pen based on this a couple of years ago. It was a lot of fun, but he's a shark and he's wearing a sweater. Love it. Anyway, um, okay, so demonstration of my vocal talents. Oh my gosh. So the problem that I have is I can't remember the words to anything. And I mean basically anything. It's like a deficiency in my brain. This has been this has so, come up. You, you've you've yeah. said that like uh, really, really famous Christmas carols that you've sang all your life. Like oh, you, yeah. you don't know. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter what I it remember. is. I cannot retain song lyrics um, or foreign languages like in my brain. So, I mean, especially if I'm put on the spot, my brain just completely locks up. So I will not be able to actually demonstrate my vocal talent today. Just like me and toy accordions. Yep. Mm. Same kind of deal. Except you can't even, I mean, I can like, blah, 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 like sing <laughs> nonsense words, but that's not super great. So maybe I'll try and find a recording of me singing at some point, but I don't really have a lot of those because... Everything I sang in high school is like in a choir, so you won't hear me. You'll just hear the choir. You but know anyway. what? You know what our viewing and listening public could do, Brian. 
What's that, Drew? They could go back to the 12 Days of Goulet Christmas video that we recorded like a thousand <laughs> years ago and listen to That's your vocal true. talents there and Rachel's vocal talents. Rachel, That's true. Rachel played the keyboard in that. Uh, you, know what I, you know what I need to do, Drew, is I need to like pull up some karaoke. I can do karaoke because the words are on the screen. Mm. That's what I could do. I didn't think about that until just now. Yeah, usually Rachel and Brian duet something at our holiday parties. Let me see here. To Dream the Impossible Dream. Let me pull up those lyrics real quick. Maybe I can rock that. That's a Robert Goulet song um, that he did in Manly Oh, no, Mantra. no, no. D please don't sing anything. I'm going to feel super awkward. No? No. Oh, that I'm, that no. makes me want to do it more. No, please don't. God, I'm going <clears> to <throat> I'm gonna hide right. somewhere. I can't even. I can't I'm even... not warmed up at all. Oh, God, I just no, ate please. lunch. I'm like my getting. Throat's really, my throat's really phlegmy. God, my, my mouth is drying out just thinking about it. I, I have a hard time even watching my okay. wife perform on stage. She she likes to sing and act and stuff. And I get I just get so just because it's so far away from something that I could do. And it just frightens me and makes me feel just so just. Yeah, I can't. I can't. I can't. Huh. Huh. So do you really not want me to do it or you, you kind of? Yeah. I'll no, no. I really don't want you to do it. One hundred percent. Please. Oh, no, I kind of really. No, want to please. Do don't. I will. I will leave. I will leave. <laughs> All right. I you can't. can leave. You I can can't. hide. You can no. You know, just give me just with those <clears throat> other questions. Look. Uh, okay. I'll just do the. I'll just do the first verse. That's oh right. god. Okay. All right. <clears throat> no warm up. Okay. To dream the impossible dream. To fight the unbeatable foe. To bear with unbearable sorrow. To run where the brave dare not go. Okay. That's all I got. <laughs> Too <sighs> sufficiently embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> it's also so, weird because I have my earphones in, so I like can't hear myself the same. Anyway, I'm not a great soloist. I'm more of a uh, choir choir guy, but whatever. I can stay on pitch enough. My tone's not great, but you know, I have fun. Mm. So there we go. There's your little sampling. But this yes, this I did show choir. I was actually the dance captain my senior year, as well as the madrigal king. Um, so I got to dress up like a Henry VIII type and wear tights and the whole deal. So, oh, y'all are going to want to see pictures of that real bad. So I'll see if I can dig some up and maybe I'll put it in the video if I can find it. But no promises on that one. It's been kind of a crazy couple of days for me, but I'll see what I can dig up. I also oh. did marching band as well. So I was like super cool. <laughs> Believe it or not. Yes. All these things. And then I ended up in fountain pens. Huge shock. Yes, I know. Um, and then uh, from Chasms624 said, if I'm remembering collect correctly, You Heard Me Bucko was from Happy Days. I brought that up last time, how Rachel and I say that to each other. I think Richie Cunningham called people bucko when he was trying to be tough. I love to watch Happy Days reruns while laying in my turkey hammock. See, nice. th this is how those caught in there. This is how they were. <laughs> like the turkey hammock showed up in like these boom surprise moments. <laughs> That is fantastic. It's like you think um, you'd be reading a normal comment and then all of a sudden, turkey hammock. So I like Googled Richie Cunningham, bucko, things like that. I couldn't find that specific phrase. The, like you heard me bucko. It's possible it could have been in there. But um, I actually looked up the term. So bucko, a couple different definitions. It's a young man often as a form of address or Urban Dictionary had it as I did preview this too, because sometimes they can be, you know, you gotta, you gotta watch out on family friendly programs with Urban Dictionary, but um, it's a slang term for a male acquaintance used in a mock aggressive or openly hostile way. So I think that's a little more appropriate because Rachel first said it to me when she was like, you heard me bucko. So it was that kind of mock aggressive tone. And then I started saying it back to her, which was also funny because it doesn't make any sense and now we just say it a lot and i say it to my kids and they say it to me and it's just kind of funny but 
Um, hopefully it's not like a deeply offensive term. <laughs> I don't hear anybody use it basically ever. So, nah. you know, it's just one of those things. So yeah, there you go, little context. All right, new stuff. So what's new and coming soon things? We have one thing that we launched on Wednesday. Um, it is in kind of fitting actually that we wore our sweaters because we have our next iteration of the Retro 51 Goulet collab sweater pen. We've had several of these now. I think this is our fourth that we've done. Uh, it is called Warm Hugs. I don't wanna hype it up too much because as we recorded this, we launched it like an hour ago and they're more than half gone. So it's possible they could all be gone by the time this publishes. And if that's the case, I'm sorry. We only did 300 of them. We actually weren't supposed to get them until like two weeks from now. So we didn't buy a ton because we didn't think we would have that long to sell them. So they're probably gonna sell it too early and everybody's gonna be mad and I'm sorry. But, you know, we have to guess with these things, and it's not always so easy with this seasonal thing during COVID when there's lots of disruptions to supply chain and all that stuff. So it arrived a little earlier than we thought, and we launched it, and hopefully you got one. But anyway, there we go. And then they, um, not they, uh, because we're not talking about retro anymore, we're moving on to Tatia. So if you remember, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I talked about, maybe it was last week, I don't remember. They all blend together. I talked about the um, Miyabi... Winter breath? Yeah, that was your pen of the week uh, last week. Oh yeah. So um, they are actually coming out with uh, what they're calling the Miyabi Empress. So it's basically this pen even bigger. Um, I have not seen this in person yet, but I'm pretty excited about it. We're not getting a whole ton of them, um, but we're getting a couple. And uh, you know, it's gonna have um, basically the size nib that's on the Sailor King of Pens. Um, not the exact same nib, it's an 18 karat nib, still made by Sailor. Um, it's an 18 karat, not a 21 karat, but I anticipate that it's gonna write pretty great. You know, Brian, I haven't seen you, I haven't seen you this excited about a series of fountain pens in quite a while. Like there have been, you know, new mm. co new colors of existing pens that you enjoy, but yeah. this pen and the, and the Empress, you've been like pretty jazzed about. Well, I, it's, it's, a, it's the rotten. I think that's yeah. what it is. And the shell too. I don't, I mean, this was my first pen with any shell in it and I'm, yeah. I'm just digging it way more than I would have expected. That's awesome. Yeah. So I don't know. It's kind of cool. So we'll see. I asked Rachel about keeping one of these empresses for myself and she gave me like a real <laughs> kind of a glare. So I was like, maybe I could trade in my other one for the empress and was it like, was it mock we'll aggression <laughs> there was a little bit of mock aggression in her eyes i don't think i don't think it was mocking though i think it was pretty genuine oh okay um, yeah so we'll see but anyway so check out the winter breath it's awesome it's going to look in pictures probably very similar to this one it's just going to be bigger which is going to be hard to tell in pictures but um yeah if you were into that uh, we are going to be getting more of the just the regular miyabi but then we'll have uh, the empress as well so i guess you'll have options so Look for that on the website uh, now, I think. All right, Drew, you got a couple too, right? I do, I do. Um, in keeping with the theme of Conklin in the last couple of years, they've really leaned full on into the whole rainbow aesthetic. You've been seeing a lot of these crazy iridium-y, rainbow-y pens come from that brand. And uh, they are releasing their newest iteration, the All-American. And this is going to be an all-rainbow, full-rainbow Conklin All-American fountain pen. We're talking the clip, the barrel, the cap, yes, the nib, the whole kit and the caboodle, all-rainbow. Mm. 
not just the caboodle nor simply the kit, my friends. It is all of it. Rainbow Explosion. So if you're into that, the All-American is one of their largest pens and a heck of a canvas for uh, some rainbow party times. So check that out. It is something else. The nib is definitely my favorite part, Brian. Um, honestly, I would like it if they came out with a pen with like just the rainbow nib. But mm. uh, yeah, either way, it's a fun pen to look at and um, definitely yeah, a party on your desk if you want to go that route. Also coming from Yaffa Brands, uh, the Tibaldi Bononia Limited Edition pens. We aren't getting a ton of these. But uh, Tibaldi's is a new brand for us. It definitely showed up in 2021. And it has been flying under some radars, perhaps. It's a very good brand, very high-quality pens. Um, most of them have ebonite feeds. There's plenty of good things to talk about. But this particular pen, while it is a Bononia, we do have the Bononia model available. And, you know, just at first glance, it doesn't look very different. But it is an internal piston filler, which the standard Bononia does not have. It's a cartridge converter pen. And it has a gold nib, which the other Bononias do not have. And this nib, Brian, let me tell you. Can you tell me? No, I can't. I literally have no words for how beautiful this nib is. I uncapped this thing, and at first glance, I'm like, okay, cool, it's a Bononia. Ah, neat, internal piston, that's nice. And then the nib just slapped me in the face. This pen wow. slaps, Brian. That sounds mock aggressive right there. I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I'll, I'll take another one, that was fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> the nib was amazing. No, seriously, it's a uh, it's a two tone gold nib. It looks incredible. And when I say two tone, I don't mean like this part is gold, this part is silver. I mean like there's silver gold, silver gold, silver gold. Like it is. It has. There are layers to this. The Tibaldi is silver, but around the Tibaldi, there's this like eagle, like and that's gold. But then behind the eagle, it's silver again. So it's just, it's nuts. And it's one of, if not the best looking nib I've ever seen. Like right now I'm like, this is the best. Whoa. But wow, it's, it's just the complexity of it, Brian. Like usually when I see two-tone, you know, it does not have this level of complexity. Like even the little like mm. 18K uh, or 14, I think it's 18. Um, even that, that's a tiny little impression. And even that is rhodium within the gold. Like it is crazy looking. That's detailed. Uh, th we have some good pictures, though, so I'll put them up. You'll see it. It's awesome. Check it out. The end. New stuff. Sweet. Okay. Yes. Um, so the next segment that we have here, this is something we're kind of interjecting in. This is special just pretty much for this pencast because of the timing. Um, so the holidays are approaching, several of the holidays, whichever of them that you like to celebrate. Um, or maybe you just like to buy stuff around this time of year because... Retailers like us are marketing all kinds of wonderful things, and you just get excited about that. That's totally cool, too. Um, so we have some things that we wanted to uh, just feature and kind of point you to if you happen to be in that, uh, you know, shopping spirit or browsing spirit even. Um, so we have a holiday guide section on our website. You can find everything there. We're not going to talk about everything there because there's just a whole heck of a lot of stuff. Um, but Drew and I just wanted to kind of curate a list, maybe get some things together to pique your interest, point out some of the things that we think make some, some really good gifts, you know, give you a little bit of a concierge service here. Um, so we're going to kind of talk about how we have things broken down, highlight some of the products, and then uh, let you go on and check them out on the site. 
So how's that sound? Sounds beautiful. And uh, right. I will say that um, our team here spent a lot of time curating this for you. We really, really hope that it helps. Mm -hmm. And we also took some photography just for this as well. So a lot of Absolutely. these groups are going to have their own specific photos. So you'll be able to take a look at those as well. And we'll put them in the pencast also. So yeah. there you have it. So yeah. starting off, we have the under $30 section. And you can find this and all of the others we're going to be talking about on the main page of our website. You'll see holiday shopping guides. Click on that, and then you'll see everything broken down. So the first one is the under $30 category. And if you're shopping for a new pen user or you just want to get started yourself or find or want to find just, you know, one of the more affordable accessories, this is obviously the place to go for that. You'll see a lot of starter pens in this section, like um, notebook sampler package sets, cleaning stuff is all here, which is always good. That's a good gift, too, because it's not super fun to buy. Buying mm -hmm. if, if someone doesn't already have a bulb syringe and you know they use fountain pens, buy them a bulb syringe. Like, seriously, yes. you are doing them a favor do that and then and of course if, if you already have a bulb syringe having a second one you will not be mad because you'll be like great now i can keep one in my office and at home or i can keep it in my car or my backpack or hiking on the trail like there's so many options hiking on the trail you betcha yeah yeah when you need to clean out your pen and you want to use some of that creek water you mm -hmm. can use that bulb syringe and just rock on don't you know? listen to him right now thank you uh, also, one of uh, some some of my favorite deals here are the uh, Monteverde Monza Three set and the Diplomat um, uh, Magnum. So the Monza Three comes with a couple different nibs. They're both super affordable pens, great starters, but mm -hmm. they're part of the Yaffa Brands Ink deal. So with these two pens, not only you're going to get an affordable pen, but it's going to come with a free bottle of ink. So boom, nice. Yeah. And that free ink is valued at sixteen bucks. Yeah. So it's it's almost like you're getting a free pen. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. Seriously, you can think um, of it as buying a bottle of ink and getting a free pen. Boom. Pretty pretty close. Yep. All right. Uh, next one we got is the under fifty dollars. So if you got a little bit more of a budget, that's cool. Some good pen storage options there. Some maybe entry level combo sets, which are some of my favorites. You got Lamy Safari and Vista sets. So it's not just the pen, but it's the pen. You get the converter and a bottle of ink, or the pen and maybe a set of different color cards. Cartridges. So it's basically a really good way to get set up and going, uh, you know, kind of from scratch. So that's where it makes for really good gifts. The packaging and the presentation is also really nice. We pretty much only have these available around this time of year. Um, we've done it with Lamy several times. This is the first one um, that we've done with other brands like Diplomat, which is not in the under $50 range, um, but uh, also worth a mention. Um, we have another one that's the Come Sail Away set, which I love the name of that. Um, so that is uh, something that's on sale. It's normally $63, but it's on sale for 40. So this is the Sailor Compass which comes with a converter and ink to go with it. So you're not as packaged as the Lamy set, but still a great pen and you get the ink and everything ready to go with it. Um, a good pen storage option is the Monteverde 36 pen case, um, 40 bucks, holds 36 pens. Some of the best like pen, like per dollar storage option that you're gonna have. And uh, the only thing that I'll caution about that is whatever pen storage you get, you'll tend to fill up. So if you have four pens and you buy a 36 pen case, just be aware you're probably going to buy a lot more pens. <laughs> That's what tends to happen. And I can attest to that, having filled many, 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 many different pen cases. Uh. Many. 
Yep. Um, next up, we have the fifty to one hundred dollar range, and this is where we're going to start seeing some of those next level pens that we often talk about, as well as some premium ink storage, so like some nice leather cases and stuff like that, as well as some larger ink sets like uh, Diamine and Monteverde both have these ink collections that are packaged with several bottles of ink um like a lot of the times ink that you can't get anywhere else as well i mean you can get them as samples sometimes but it's a great way to present somebody with a gift of a lot of lovely packaged ink and then the lamy all-star sets are also going to be in this range so a lot of bang for your buck there as well and you will be getting them at a discount and they're packaged nicely and cleanly and you can just give it to somebody with minimal effort on your part that's what the season's all about, right? Yes, indeed. Minimal effort. I'm just kidding. Um, moving on up to the 100 to $250 range, a little bit bigger range there, obviously. Um, that's when you start getting into your entry-level gold nib pens. We got some great videos on these types of pens, um, but uh, you know some of our favorites, Lamy 2000, Pilot Vanishing Point, Custom 74, Drew's all about his E95S. Um, so you have a lot of great options for pens that are really, really good. We don't have like crazy sales or anything on these, but um, just ones that we wanted to highlight just as really just fantastic, fantastic pens really for any time of year. But um, if you're shopping in that price range, these are great ones to go to because it's just a really solid kind of introduction um, to those gold nib pens. But is it as solid as the 250 to $500 range, Brian? Because in this range, you're getting some of the most iconic lifetime pens like the Pilot Custom 823. Mm. Boom. If you want to get somebody mm. a pen that is just going to be their pen for a very, very, very long time, Custom 823, Diplomat Arrow is going to be in here, as well mm -hmm. as a lot of the sailors. So we're talking the Pro Gear, the Pro Gear Slim, the 1911, 1911S, like all of those you know, mm -hmm. iconic sailor pens and the 823, the, those really, those pens that are going to last you a very, very long time. And honestly, this is coming from a fountain pen, realer, fountain pen retailer saying this. If you buy one of these pens, you're only going to need one. They're so good. They're that good. Now, you're going to want more. I'm, mm. That want has oh, nothing yeah. to do with it. For sure. You're, you're definitely going to want more. But as far as need goes, the pens in this range, choice. There you go. And then, of course, Drew, as you always know, the more money you spend, the happier you're going to be or make the person that you give the gift to. I'm totally you got to fill kidding. up that 36 pen but case. <laughs> just because we have everything broken out by price, I'll talk about the over $500, which is basically everything else. Um, this is the uh, Drew, Drew classified this in the notes as the luxury zone. So we have now entered the luxury zone. Um, you get into, into some really interesting materials here, stuff that's made of lava cooled lava don't don't get concerned um we got some sterling silver some urushi etc some really interesting materials going on gorgeous theming and some interesting filling mechanisms and stuff you got your visconti homo sapiens which i'm still partial to the bronze age the og you got the st dupont line d you've got the standard version as well as the space odyssey which is pretty rad looking you got a lot of urushi options from pilot namiki and tacha so there's some really cool pens when you start to get into this zone probably not something that most people are shopping for but hey you never know you never know some good ones to check out there yep. and then uh gotta give a 
kind of a casual mention here to the um, gift credit as well. So, if you, you know, shipping is of concern. I know things are, we're kind of preparing for anything to happen with shipping this year because it was definitely a little crazy last year. We saw some major delays. We have no idea what we're in for this year. So it's always good to shop on the earlier side if you have shipping concerns. But hey, worst case, you always got gift credit. Then people can get exactly what they want. It's always the right size and always the right color, right? Um, so that's really good. Um, and also if you're shopping for somebody that's got a large collection, I know sometimes it can be really difficult to know. It's like, I don't know what nib size they want. I don't know whatever. So when I'm in that situation and I want to get something for somebody that's really specific, I'll get them like a gift credit or something at that particular store. Like we're a boutique store. If somebody, if you get somebody a gift credit to a store like ours, they already know, like they have spent more time trying to get me something that I know I'm going to like than the average. It's not just like a restaurant gift card or something. It's something very specific. Um, but then I'll like, I'll actually print out a picture of the thing that I was intending to get and be like, Hey, I was going to get you this, but I had no idea what nib size. And I really didn't want to buy the wrong thing to me when I get something like that. Cause I have a bunch of weird hobbies. Um, I will appreciate that as much as the actual thing. So, um, always a good thought as well. So, um, my personal kind of favorites from this list, um, are probably more on the lower end. Actually, I like the pen sets, the diplomats and the Lamis. Um, and then I really like the urban, the 1670 ink set. That's kind of new. Um, typically you've had to buy those either in ink samples, which are, you know, great to be able to test them, but you know, they're not the most presentable thing. Um, or you'd have to get full bottles of all the colors. So I really like the $55 set. That's got all the ink colors in there. It looks really cool. For sure. And I think that you? just another reminder to go back to those box sets. So both Lamy and Diplomat, we're doing actual box sets with those. We have a lot of package mm -hmm. sets, but those package sets, yeah. we've grouped those up kind of on the back end. They're all still going to be divided when you receive them. But the Lamy yeah. sets and the Diplomat sets, if we have it mm -hmm. pictured with a box, that means you're getting it in that box. So yes. just keep that in mind. The Diplomat sets are new this year. You get the pen, you mm -hmm. get a little pen sleeve and some ink. And yep. the Lamy sets, there are a bunch of different versions, cartridge versions, ink bottle versions, stuff like that. But that is a great mm -hmm. way to, you know, like I said earlier, minimal effort sort of thing, but also just, it's also going the extra mile and giving them something that is already presented really, really nicely. So keep those in mind. That's something uh, new for this year that we're really excited to provide. And as far as my personal favorites, I've really kind of fallen in love with Twisby Inks, Brian. Mm. Uh, they're, they're, they're well-behaved. They are beautifully presented. That was one yeah. of my favorite things in giving gifts. Frosty bottles are cool. Yes. They're so good looking and they're not too much ink. They're not intimidating. And Twisby does a really good job in branding everything very cohesively. I really enjoy mm -hmm. how all their stuff looks good when it's together. And as far as giving gifts, I, I think that there's a value there. So, uh, they have a color combo six pack for 34 99 that gives you six bottles, glass bottles of ink for not a lot of money. So that is actually mm -hmm. a heck of a deal right there. And as far as giving gifts, one of my favorite gifts to give is the pilot parallel pen. And I'm sorry if I just mm. popped th three times right there. Um, <laughs> pilot parallel pen. Um, the, they are really fun to use, but they might look a little weird and intimidating. So just giving in with somebody and say, hey, this comes with a little sheet, tells you what to do, how to use them. It's a ton mm -hmm. of fun, especially if you yeah. have somebody that wants to get into actually any calligraphy or hand lettering and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. They're affordable, a lot of bang for your buck, and a ton of fun. So check those out too. Nice. Good stuff, Drew. All right, y'all. If y'all have any more questions about these types of things, things that you should look into, stock issues, any of that kind of stuff, you can always reach out to our team. Obviously, we have all these products on our website, so head on over there or reach out to us if you have any questions for the holidays.
because we are a retail business and this is what we do. We don't just sit around and record videos, though we do that plenty. All right, we got some Q&A questions for this week and Drew, we had enough themed ones to go all one topic. And I believe we're talking about ink, right? Today is going to be a very inky episode, Brian. Yes, indeed. And as I hold up this this paper here and prepare myself emotionally for saying this question, I noticed that uh, someone went in and wrote a lot of a lot of stuff here. Do I you- may have accidentally done sort of a deep dive on the first question. I know we didn't talk about it. Uh uh-uh. uh. But, no, we did not. You know? <laughs> All right. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Well, <laughs> depending on how you feel about Brian's response, you have Joshua Nelson 567 to either thank or condemn for this. Uh, Josh asks, are iron gall inks safe for gold nibs? I noticed Rohrer, meaning Rohrer and Klingner, says for steel nibs. Thanks. Okay. So, so this is iron this is gall. I dipped my toe into the pool and then I was like, nah, we're just going to belly flop into this thing. Um, actually, if you want to, I'm going to give you the bottom line up front. So if you want to skip the deep dive, you can just go right to the next question. There you go. And if you would rather just kind of read a lot of what I'm going to talk about is actually really, really comprehensively on the Wikipedia page about Iron Gall Inc. So that's a lot of what I'm going to be talking about actually. And then I'll have a little bit of my own assessment to kind of sprinkle in there, but it's a really, really thorough page. So highly recommend checking that out. Um, so I'll give you the kind of the TLDR version. Um, so our iron gall inks safer gold nibs. It's sort of a yes and no, um, situation. So true iron gall, like old school iron gall, not particularly friendly for gold nibs. Um, you know, or fountain pens in general. They're really made for dip pens. Um, Modern iron gall inks that are formulated for fountain pens, they're not as unsafe as they used to be, but it's still best to clean them often, only have them in the pen when you're kind of actively using them and not really any longer than is necessary really. Um, And don't use it in particularly valuable pens or ones that are really hard to clean. And I would probably throw gold nibs into that category realistically, I've not heard a lot of feedback over our 12 years of people that have ruined their gold nibs with iron gall ink, but this is kind of a subjective thing. You know, it's like, we've been selling this kind of ink in these kind of pens for a long time. And I would have thought that if it was actually really a problem, we would hear about it a lot. I think I can only actually recall one instance where somebody started to see something that was acting up um, on a on a gold nib pen. I don't remember the pen specifically, um, but I know that they were using Diamine Registrar's ink, which is one of the more you know truer iron gall inks in fountain pen ink form. Um, you know, so it's a kind of thing like it's a use at your own discretion kind of thing. I think it's not that you can't use it with a gold nib pen. It's just a use it at your own risk kind of thing. So that's my summary. And then I'm going to dive in a little deeper and explain some of why, if you are interested. So go ahead and skip now. If you don't want to hear any of this and Drew, you can like take a nap or maybe go how do I, how refill do I your coffee or something, you know, <laughs> I'm good. I'm ready. Okay. All right. Well, um, so iron gall ink, this is made from iron salts and tannic acids that come from vegetable sources. Often they come from trees like oak trees, the oak galls, you know, the little balls or whatever that drop down from the oak trees. That's a lot of where they come from and they're, they're very acidic. So it's the acidic nature of it. Um, in the actual process, you know, that, that makes these things that is the, the, you know, harmful aspect 
to um, to your pens. Um, so the way that it's made, you, you're mixing tannin with iron sulfate. So it's a water-soluble ferrous tannate complex that's formed. Because of its solubility, the ink is able to then penetrate the paper surface, making it very difficult to erase. So it's a very permanent ink. It was kind of like the OG permanent ink. Um, they speculate that the oldest ink that we have made with iron gall is actually on the Dead Sea Scrolls, um, which is quite old. Um, because of its, uh, so uh, when exposed to air, it converts to a ferric tannate, which is a darker pigment. So it'll actually oxidize and the, the iron gall, when you put it, the, kind of the, the classic sign of a more true iron gall ink is when you are writing on the paper and as is exposed to that air, it actually darkens and really kind of turns black. And in fact, fun fact, that's where the original term blue black came from is because the original iron gall inks were a kind of a bluish color like diamond registrars and then as it oxidizes it turns black so it's not just like a really dark blue it actually was blue and then would turn to black because of that iron that would oxidize in and you the ink can itself. you can see that in the naming convention of the platinum classic inks um they're mm -hmm. often they have black attached to a lot of their names and they do yep color shift after a while that's right um, so it says here, um, and I, again, I got a lot of this from the Wikipedia page, so I am I'm paraphrasing and, and legit reading some of the stuff right off there. So um, uh, it's not water soluble, this like um, um, tannate complex. Um, so that uh, is contributing to its permanence as a writing ink. So it'll actually like stay on the page, won't wash away. The darkening process of the ink is due to the oxidation of the iron ions from ferrous to ferric state by atmospheric oxygen. So the oxygen oxidizes the iron and turns it dark. Just like when you have, you know, steel and you leave it outside and it rusts, it's kind of the same concept. That's what's happening. Um, so most fountain pen, iron, fountain pen iron gall inks today are actually a modified version of iron gall ink. Traditional iron gall inks are intended for dip pens, not suitable for fountain pens which operate on the principle of capillary action, as many of us know. Ferrogallic deposit accumulation in the feed system can clog the small ink passages. So the feed and everything that's like, you you know, assisting that capillary action. Those, uh, you know, basically bits of iron, it's it's like a pigment, it's like a sediment that can actually build up. And as it, especially as it like essentially oxidizes and kind of rusts in there, it clogs up the works. So that's why you can't use really, really traditional iron gall in uh, a fountain pen um, is because it clogs. Um, further, the acidic traditional iron gall inks intended for dip pens can corrode metal pen parts, a phenomenon known as redox reaction or flash corrosion. These phenomena can destroy the functionality of fountain pens. Um, it's not really an issue with dip pens because most dip pens, um, the nibs are meant to be essentially disposable. So yeah, you'll use them for a little while. They'll kind of rust out, they'll break, whatever. They're not stainless steel. They're usually just a traditional spring steel. They're really cheap. You throw it out, you get another one. So it's not really a big deal in that form of writing, but in fountain pens, it kind of becomes an issue. So modern iron gall inks contain a small amount, small amount of the ferrogallic compounds, and are also more likely to have a formulation, which is stoichiometrically optimized. I have no idea what that means. That's straight off the website. Um, historical inks often contained excess acid, which was not consumed in the oxidation of the ferrogallic compounds. So essentially the, the process they used to make it was fairly crude and uh, there would be just like too much acid and the extra acid would just be floating around in the ink and it would corrode your pen. That's what you had going on. Modern formulation uh, also tends to use 
hydrochloric acid, whereas many historical inks used sulfuric acid. So it's a friendlier acid, I guess, that's used in modern fountain pen inks. Hydrochloric acid is a gas in solution which will evaporate. As a result, modern fountain pen iron gall inks are less likely to damage paper than historical inks and are gentler for the inside of a fountain pen, but can still cause problems if left in the pen for a long period. Manufacturers or retailers of modern iron gall pens, sorry, inks, intended for fountain pens sometimes advise a more thorough than usual cleaning regimen, which requires the ink to be flushed out regularly with water to avoid clogging or corrosion on delicate pen parts, like a nib. Uh, for more thorough, for more thoroughly cleaning iron gall ink out of a fountain pen, sequential flushes of the pen with water, diluted vinegar, or citric acid to flush out the residual iron gall compounds, water, diluted ammonia, if needed to flush out residual color dye stains, then finally water are often recommended. So it's a little more involved in the process. This was actually new to me. I didn't know about the flushing with vinegar, um, which is kind of interesting, but it kind of makes sense. Um, so to summarize all this, <laughs> um, you know, I think that it's a little more work. Personally, I don't think it's necessarily worth the trouble. There's a lot of great permanent fountain pen inks that are less hassle that you can use in your really nice gold nib pens. If you really like the actual like iron gall nature uh, of the, the, you know, call them more traditional iron gall inks, you can get them in fountain pen form. They're still going to have some of those same properties, but I would just use them in a less expensive pen, something that's pretty easy to clean out, something that doesn't have a gold nib because this acid tends to react more with the gold. Um, and plus it's just more expensive to have these gold nib pens. So that's what I recommend. Um, I know that like the, the Dymine registrars and then um, the, uh, which one are they? The Platinum Classics um, tend to be like the more, Iron Gully, <laughs> Iron Gall inks. Rowan Klinger, I've never heard of an issue with those, um, though they recommend using them just on steel. So that's probably a good idea to go with what the manufacturer recommends. Um, so I think just be conscientious of it. It's not a vastly pervasive issue. It's not like if it touches your pen, it's ruined, but you gotta really stay on it. If you have pen cleaning habits like me, you should not put your Iron Gall inks in your gold nib pens because you will then leave them and it'll cause you problems and you'll forget to clean them out and stuff like that. If you have a regimen more like Drew, you're probably in better shape. He takes care of his pens in a more regimented fashion than I do. And that's, that's the dive. We've now come back up to the surface. And, ah. uh, it, was, it was deep in there. It was a little murky as we got down in there. Very scientific, but I mean, you're literally dealing with chemistry here. So it's pretty fascinating. There's a lot more to read on the Wikipedia page if you want, um, but I found it pretty fascinating. And actually I've, I've looked at this page many times over the years and it's actually gotten more robust. Like they specifically have this whole section in there about fountain pens, which is pretty fascinating. So pretty cool. And I will just add that when we did start carrying the Platinum Classic inks, we were a little wary of it because of, you know, potential iron gall issues. So mm -hmm. uh, I actually tested a lot of nibs. I think that I, well, five at least, I actually mm -hmm. left them submerged in little vials full of these inks for about a week and saw no no severe issues, uh, yeah. except for one. There was a, a, a matte finish Delta nib that mm, was like okay. un uh, it, it was like pretty matte so i think that because it was a matte finish it kind yeah. of uh, it allowed some permeation to happen uh, mm. but really they were all fine you know all the standard nibs were fine but i don't know if i tested gold so anyway good to know 
nothing no, nothing catastrophic happened good stuff all right we're going to light things up a little bit here not go quite as deep on the rest of these um this is from med bullet journal do pigmented inks like platinum pigmented inks clog fountain pens more than shimmer inks mm. i really like this question that is a good question mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because you're really talking about two different pigments, right? It's yeah, both. yeah, but I don't think I've ever heard it before, but I really enjoyed it. Yeah, the answer mm. is um, no. Uh, they are very different because uh, like Iron Gall, like pigmented inks are pretty original. Like they date back to some of the more traditional fountain pen mm. ink mixtures. This was being used for a long, long time. It's a tried and true thing. Pigmented ink goes back yeah. pretty far. Shimmer mm-hmm. ink, however, is pretty new. It's pretty mm-hmm. uh, pretty recent on the scene, you know, in the last decade or so. So, and I think the first shimmer ink we ever saw, Brian, was probably J. Urban uh, Rouge Hematite, right? That's the first that I can recall. I yeah. don't know so if that is like historically the first, but first, yeah, that, it definitely since it, we've it, been in business. Yeah, it's definitely picked up in the last like you know seven years around there. Um, so yeah, definitely newer. the 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 pigment doesn't settle at nearly the same rate as shimmer particles do. Those things plummet to the bottom of the bottle every time, and you have to shake it a lot more. Pigment will probably eventually settle but it stays in liquid suspension far far more effectively than shimmer does in almost every instance that i've seen i will say every instance that i've seen and being that it's not going to settle as quick it's not going to clog your pen as fast either like with shimmer ink if you leave that thing alone for a couple days and you don't agitate it regularly all of the all the shimmer particles are going to uh, settle in the same location and then even after repeated agitations and writing they're going to continue to settle and settle on top of that and settle on top of that until you have a clog and pigment just doesn't do that to the same extent at all um so uh they're both going to be in that more high maintenance category but Mm -hmm. the distance between those two from a maintenance standpoint is, is far like they're both farther into the high maintenance category than just a standard dye based ink is but there's a pretty big gap between the two as far as maintenance goes. So if you're looking for ease of cleaning and you're wondering which one to go for, a pigment is definitely going to be less high maintenance. Yeah, I think, um, you know, again, pigmented inks are one of those things that we hear warnings about from certain like pen manufacturers and stuff like that. Um, you know, not that you can't use them, but like, you know, make sure to keep them clean. Sort of the same things that are often said about the iron gall ink um, is kind of the same, like make sure you don't use it in long periods and flush it out regularly, that kind of thing um, for the, for any pigmented ink shimmer or otherwise. Um, so I think you can basically, when it comes to your cleaning regimen, treat pigmented and shimmer inks essentially the same. I think that the shimmer ink probably is a little more obvious when it's not properly cleaned out of the pen because it'll literally just like glitter on the feed and stuff like that. So it's it stands out a little bit more. So that's the only warning is like, make sure you're actually really cleaning out um, those pigmented inks. Um, and then, you know, the only issue that I've really had with the, any of the pigmented inks is uh, when you <laughs> have a cleaning regimen like I do, and you uh, may be prone to leaving the ink so long in the pen that it completely dries out that's when it's a much more of a pain to clean that out because you know think about the nature of the pigments they are meant to dry on surfaces not by you know like dye where it has to absorb into it so when you have something that dries on the surface of a feed or the inside of your pen or whatever 
trying to clean that out is going to be much more difficult than if you clean it out while it's still wet and all those pigments are still in suspension. So really try not to let them completely dry out in the pen. That really goes for both shimmer and pigmented, but I think in that instance, the pigmented is actually a little more maintenance if you let it go too far like that. So just kind of be, be aware. And, you know, speaking about when Drew was talking about like the historical nature of these pigments, um, a lot of times if you have something called India ink or China ink or lawyer's ink, that's what these are. These are often the really traditional versions of them are shellac based or acrylic based. So they are not fountain pen friendly. You do not want to use them. Um, however, there are some, <laughs> gotta love the marketing uh, stuff that come up with some of these companies, but like there is like a Pelican like they call it, I think they call it Fount India ink or something like that. It's a fountain pen friendly India ink. It's, a, it's basically a pigmented ink. So just be really conscious anytime you're using any of these types of pigmented inks, make sure that it's a version that's made for fountain pens because if you're using a traditional version that's made for dip pens, like if you go in to your local craft store and get a Higgins India ink or something like that, you're probably getting a shellac or an acrylic based version. You put that in your pen and thing is going to clog immediately, not because of the pigment, because the medium is not, it doesn't flow in a fountain pen. And then the only way to clean it out is with alcohol or acetone, which would also melt your feed. So not great. Don't do that. So we don't sell any of that stuff. <laughs> the only things we have are the ones that Drew mentioned, the platinum ones, a couple sailors. Yeah, um, which, really which are both fantastic inks, by the way. I, I would mm -hmm. highly recommend the platinums and the sailors. They're beautiful, yeah. beautiful inks that I've always yeah. had really great experience with. So many choices, Drew. Yes, so indeed. So many options. Well, cool. uh, since we have been talking about inks, we will continue to talk about inks. And <laughs> uh, this this person has um, two concerns. Their name is Can't Find My Socks, so clearly they mm. are having a hard time there. But we're not going to address that today. They're going to have to find their socks on their own. But today we will address their question, Brian, asking, mm. what do you mean when you say an ink is well-behaved? Well-behaved. Yeah, because we say that sometimes. We've actually been talking about it uh, recently. Yeah. So what does that even mean? What are we talking about when we say that? Well, I think it's, you know, it doesn't talk back to you. Um, you know, does what it's asked the first time. Uh, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, I think it's a hundred percent subjective term, you know, <laughs> what does well-behaved mean for humans or any or animals or anything like it's very subjective and it's completely based on what you feel behaved means. Um, and I think if you ask 10 different people, you're going to get 10 different answers kind of a thing. So i I can give my answer and how I interpret it, but basically I think there's some general kind of concepts that can be applied to a well-behaving ink. Um, you know, fountain pen ink being water-based is going to have some more susceptibility to having different behaviors than say a ballpoint paste ink or a rollerball gel ink. You know, you're going to be, uh, you know, dealing with maybe some factors that uh, you don't have to deal with with those thicker inks. So it flows very smoothly unless it doesn't. So I think generally speaking, if it's well behaved, it's go it's basically going to flow consistently. It's not going to write really dry. It's not going to like gush and burp out of the pen. You know, that would not be so well behaved. Um, it's not going to clog up in the pen, that kind of thing. Um, I think if it has, you know, a reasonable dry time, you know, I think that can also differ for a lot of different people and the paper can be a factor there too. But I think if it's a dry time that, you know, um, feels reasonable to you, that's well behaved. Something that doesn't smear, like after it's dried on the paper, generally smearing is not a desirable trait with ink. 
um, doesn't feather or bleed through. So feather or spread, that's where it like absorbs into the paper. This is something you really don't get with ballpoint or gel ink. Um, but the water, the water-based fountain pen ink, if you have really absorbent paper, it can soak into the paper and you can either get like this caterpillar-like little hairy kind of like effect with based on the fibers of the paper and the treatment that's done to the paper. Um, or it can just like, you can have a really fine nib and you put it down and it's just like, blah, like you get this really fat line and you're just like, oh gosh. And it looks really just flat and matte looking. And it's like, oh gosh, that's not great. Um, again, paper is also a factor, but um, I think if you, it basically it puts down the line that you think it should. Um, and then I think something that's easy to clean out of the pen, not something that's super difficult, uh, but generally just, you know, uh, um, feasible, feasible level of maintenance. Um, so <laughs> I wrote here, basically just performs in a non-offensive manner. <laughs> <laughs> whatever that means for you. Um, I think the expectation should be adjusted and is for most people based on the properties of the ink. You know, most folks, if they're getting a shimmering ink, are generally going to understand it's going to be a little more maintenance to clean out of the pen. You may get some smearing that'll happen whenever you have any type of pigment in it because that's going to lay on the surface of the paper. So if you have a really heavy pigmented, you know, ink like the private reserve ones, right? Um, you know, those are going to lay down a really thick shimmer on top of the page. And then if you let the ink dry and you smear your hand across it, you're going to get a kind of a sparkly finger, right? Um, you'll still be able to read your writing and everything, but some of that shimmer is going to come off or you get a heavy sheen or super saturated ink like our beloved organic studio nitrogen. <clears throat> That blue has got some staying power and it's going to stay on your finger and then it's going to stay on the doorknob when you go to open the door and then it's going to stay on your dog when you go to pet your dog. <laughs> that ink can travel. Yes. Um, you know, generally I would say most people do not consider that to be one of the most well-behaved inks. Um, but given its properties, I think expectations should be adjusted a little bit. So it's all a bit variable. There's no one thing to say this is well-behaved and this is not. But with all these factors combined, you know, you should be able to pretty much have something that meets your reasonable expectations. Brian, have you ever noticed that every time you open up with a question, you have to say about like this, this caveat that like, well, really it could be anything, but here, it, it, you know, I'll, I'll give you this. <laughs> like, well, it doesn't really matter, but here, I'll give you this. It's like you, you bring up this like, you know, you have to go to this classic Brian place where you're like, well, you know, technically in between gray area, gray area, and then you go. Well, you know, yeah, <laughs> you're right. I do that. It's funny. I don't, know, I don't know if that's a personal quirk of mine or I've just like, I've talked to so many people and had so many different opinions thrown at yeah, me I that think... are polar opposites of each other. It's like, I'm not sure of anything. In the world. Like, it's a burden of experience. Everybody is such, it's like, it's like people who have music preferences or, or food taste preferences it's like i mean especially with fountain pens it's like your sense of touch is different than mine and like your color like the color of an ink like literally your eyes are different than mine you see different colors than i do yeah see i'm so still ignorant can, enough to, to, swear, to live in uh, you know yeah i'm still ignorant can, enough you, to live in absolutes well like, no this spin I mean, is better fact there's a lot of people that live in absolutes right now and frankly i, think, I know I think living in the world of nuance is uh, is a lost art. I will live and, uh, in the world of nuance <laughs> about important things. When it comes to my random hobbies, nope. I'm gonna be I'm gonna die on all the hills. Mm. The only thing that I'm absolutely certain of is that there's nuance in everything. <laughs> oh, God. Mm. Uh, yeah, I can't I can't disagree with you on that. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, um, from H. 
H.G. Lizer, Higlizer, Hig Hig I don't know how to say your name, I'm sorry, but um, your question is valid. Best red or green ink color for holiday cards. Drew, mm. you got well, some opinions here. What do you mean by holiday? Like, it could mean anything. Like, really, I just... Depends I'm just kidding. what holiday. I'm kidding. I'm being Brian. All right. No, I have a very hey, decisive... Red and, green, red and green Kwanzaa as well as Christmas. <laughs> you know, I'm just saying. There's I have a very decisive... Too, I have a very decisive answer for this one. Okay, so I have yeah. actually been using red and green inks for most every holiday season. Sometimes I don't really have mm. a lot to do. Sometimes I'm like, I'm going to do cards. But either way, I am always ready to go. So I started mm. off with... Um, now, here's one thing. I've never changed my pens. Starting off, I've always used All Stars from Lamy with 1.5 nibs on there. And, mm. Brian, I'm just going to use this opportunity to pull out my All Stars right now because... Whoa, 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 wait, wait. Are these part of your three pens, Drew? Or did you ink no, up? No, they're not inked up. Calm down. Pens. They're not inked up. I was just looking at my all-stars. I'm like, ah, oh, I should think about okay. this. So okay. okay. So when I do the cards, I have skeptical. my red all-star and my green all-star. You can't buy these anymore, so don't ask. But this one nice. gets green ink. This one gets red ink. Tra la la, jingle bells. <laughs> but Brian, guess what else is still in here? <gasps> ba ba bum. Whoa, look at yes. that. Yes. <laughs> My Neapolitan ice cream pens from Pencast nice. episode whatever. Wow. Uh, I need to I need to actually ink these up and like put them to use. This is a, just a beautiful thing. Look at that. That is mm. lovely. Anyway, okay. Start it off. Yes, it is. Fact. Okay. Absolutes, Brian. That All is right, lovely. All right, Dwight. All right. Starting off with my red, I started off with Diamine Red Dragon. Loved it. Mm. Um, but it was a little dark. I wanted it to be a little more festive. A little dark, so, huh? Okay. Well, it's okay. actually not that dark in a 1.5, so I will say that. It, it, it okay. lightens up a little bit. However, I did want a little bit more of a pizzazz, and okay. I actually found out that Red Dragon gave me some crustaceans every now and then, some little bubbly mm. bubbly Barney, sloshes. Yeah. Barney, Barney showed up on and Barney one? the Barnacle showed up on my <laughs> nib. Yeah, so I switched to Diamine Matador, or you say it with the accent that Brian and I grew up with, Matator. Mm -hmm. Diamine um, Matator, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, got some diamond potato in my pan. Um, all right. So, yes, diamond matador is one of my favorites as well, as far as reds go. Now, greens, I've flip-flopped more often with greens. I started off with Private Reserve mm. Spearmint, but Ooh, then we stopped selling Private Reserve for a while. And we I, did. I, and I needed to find an alternative, so mm -hmm. I went with diamond evergreen. Um, but really, I didn't like the color very much. I think I just liked the word evergreen, so I'm like, yeah, this fits. Yeah. This is a good holiday ink, evergreen. But honestly... It's not, mm. not as good. So I will probably go back to Spearmint this year. Um, I will say that just as a rule of thumb, Diamine has great reds. Their reds are so, so good. And there are a lot of different reds that, you know, you could probably find a bullseye at. And mm. I will say that if you're looking for a green, you throw a dart at any Noodler's green, you're going to be happy with it. There's some good so, ones. So I will say Diamine for red, Noodler's for green. Green you're, cactus is a really good. All of them are good, man. Like, like seasonal uh, green. Yeah. Even the funky ones like Squeatigue and Sequoia that no one knows about. Like forest green. I love forest green. That's an amazing green. They're all good. Mm. So yeah, don't sleep on. And honestly, Noodler's green. Noodler's green. All like all of Noodler's just plain Classic. old names. Blue, green, brown, yellow. Like they're all good. Noodler's purple is arguably their best purple. But yeah, they've got so many other cool names. You kind of like, oh, well, what about Purple Martin? But don't sleep on the purple. Um. What? what is that? Who is that person? I don't know. The Purple, purple Martin. Martin. Purple Martin, dude. Purple, purple, purple Martin. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Noodlers is good for greens. Diamond is oh good for gosh. red. Uh, however, 
I will say that Diamine has a ton of like newish holiday themed inks. So oh, after yeah. they came out so with their many. first Inkvent calendar, it was such a hit. This was 2019, such a hit that they made a lot of the best of the best from that box set available in full bottles. The bottles are lovely. They're fun colors. You've got colors like Polar Glow, Winter Miracle, Jack Frost, Happy Holidays that have become super, super popular. So I might actually end up using one of those this year just for fun. Um, in fact, uh, Diamine Noel and Diamine Holly, a uh, you know respective red and green, might be good choices for you as mm. well. You know which one that you didn't put on here, Drew, which I think is perfect, is... Urban Emerald of Shavor, which is both green with a red sheen, and it's got some gold shimmer up in there. So, yeah, very, very seasonal. That's a pretty I good mean, one. I mean, it's, oh, it's a more of like a turquoise teal green. Than but I will, also I will also say, Brian, that uh, in recent years, Emerald of Shavor does not have the kick-you-in-your-teeth red sheen that it used to have. I feel like it is sheening mm. less these days from what I, I have know. seen. For what I have hmm. seen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 that's so funny. Oh, yes. You and your cardigan. Mm. I'm getting <laughs> I'm hot, by the way. Bad. How are you doing? I'm dying. <laughs> I'm dying. It's 70 degrees here today in Virginia, folks. Just so you know, it's going to drop like 20 degrees tomorrow. But today's like the last warm day, and then it gets really cold here. Yeah, I was actually, I'm feeling hot. I'm like, if I'm hot, this man is just dying. Yeah, I'm actually wearing shorts right now because I knew, I mean, I knew that I was going to be, it was going to be rough in this sweater, but I'm, I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. It was worth it to kick off the holiday thing and we got the sweater. Yeah, we did. All that. Admirable. Yeah. Thanks for taking one yeah. for the team. Absolutely. Well, you inspired me, Drew. I saw you in all your garb this morning and I was like, I gotta, I gotta do it. Nice. Cool. All right. Uh, shall I finish us off here? Please do. Well, eBear Inc. asks us. Is there a fountain pen ink that dries matte black that you could match with a matte black pen? Um, yeah. All of them? I mean, maybe I am overthinking it, but I don't really think there's like a shiny black ink once it's dried on the page. Like once it's dry, they're all pretty matte. I mean, maybe the paper is a factor. So if you have like a really shiny, like slick paper, maybe some of the blacks could dry a little bit. But I mean, blacks don't traditionally have a lot of sheen. You know, they might be really saturated and just be really dark in color. So maybe something that's not quite as dark, but I don't know. I don't, I personally have never looked at a black ink and been like, oh, that's so shiny, you know? Like they all kind of look matte to me, but yeah. More absorbent paper is gonna make it look more matte. So take any black ink that you probably already have and use it on a less slick paper and you can achieve any matte level that you desire. But I don't know. I'm curious about that. I've never been asked this question and I, I'm like racking my brain to think of like a shiny black ink and I can't really think of one. I, I, I thought this was an interesting question. Um, I will say that when I first wrote with Sailor uh, Kiwaguro, um, their pigmented mm -hmm. black, I mm -hmm. was surprised by how flat it was when mm. it hit the page and uh probably on rhodia since that's kind of all i use but i actually okay, talked okay I, I actually Sorry. oh go ahead 
No, no, I didn't want to interrupt you. But uh, I also talked with um, uh, Brian Brian K over in our customer care team, and he said all the way platinum carbon black is the most flat black you can get, and I, I agree mm. with him. That one's also very very flat. I've been using that one for a long time though. Like those cartridges, like I'm super familiar with those. So th that didn't mm. stick out to me as much as the first time I used Kiwaguro. That one was like, oh my God, this is flat. But now that he mentioned mm. that, I'm like, yeah, you know. They're pretty car comparable. Carbon, yeah. carbon black is really flat as well. So um, I, I thought, yeah, I figured that eBear was talking about um, flat in conjunction with matte, something that just didn't have, yeah, okay. something that just didn't have any sort of like no shading, to no it. no depth, no nothing. Just okay. Yeah. That, so that's what I when I um, kind of interrupted you a minute ago. As soon as you started talking, I was thinking, oh, not matte in terms of like matte versus shiny, like you would have like on a pen finish, but matte as in terms of like uniform in its saturation. So you're talking to like one single hue as opposed to something where there's you know really dark parts, really light parts. It's not so much the sheen or the shininess, but maybe the, um, you know, the the saturation just being very even. Yeah, I look at it as kind of like- That makes sense. Kind of like paint, okay. you know? Like, I think that, you know, there might it might be a very, very subtle difference, but I think a lot of the blacks we have could be, you know, kind of maybe not glossy mm. black, but maybe like satin or eggshell, and then there's flat, right? Mm, okay. So maybe, maybe really all we have is eggshell versus flat. Okay, okay. I don't know. But either I would, way, so, I, th I think my recommendations would be Sailor, Kiwagoro, Pigmented Black, or Platinum Carbon Black. Yeah, I think the pigmented ones are really good. I would throw Noodler's Heart of Darkness in there, too. I think that is going to look very similar to those two, and it tends to be pretty uniform in its color. Um, that one is worth it. And I think the Diatrimentus Document inks also tend to be very, very flat. I didn't think about um, those. Yeah, as well as re really anything with like any fast dry properties are going to be very absorbent and just be very even. Um, the Noodler's Eternal series or the Warden series are similar in that way. They don't have a lot of uh, shading or like variation in their their level of saturation. Um, so yeah, if you go with like the um, oh gosh, I'm bad black moccasin. Yeah, bad black moccasin. Um, Neutner's Bernanke black. That's a fast drying black. Um, I think anything that has like those type of properties is going to have that really just like uniform black appearance to it. Nice. Yeah. Polar black. That's another one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dark matter. I think that would pretty be, be pretty universal as well. Um, yeah. Lots of, lots of good options there, but yeah, very interesting. But again, paper is going to make a big difference. If you have an absorbent paper, nothing is really going to shade that much. So that will that will heal a lot of that tendency. I don't know. I love shading. I want it all the time. You can't. I can't get enough of it. So I actually haven't explored that much of like which are the flattest looking colors because those are always the ones where I'm like, eh, bored. It's cool though. I mean, you like matte black pens. Yeah, that's different. Ah, oh, well, you want that's something. Totally you different. want something to match your pen. I mean, I don't know. I don't view it like a shading black as not matching the pen. You know what I mean? But that's, I don't know, true. that's just that's me. True. Fair enough. Again, that this is a purely subjective kind of thing. There's nuance, Drew. There's nuance. In it. Fair enough. Fair enough. I know. I know. <laughs> e, I know. eBay here is a uh, is an artist, so uh, he probably has a, plact, a practical oh, application in there mind. There you go. Yeah. Oh well, then the pigmented ones will be great for you as an artist. That would be ideal, actually. Cool. All right, we are gonna try a new segment in here. <gasps> Something new. That's not the name of the segment. I said it like it was a segment name, but it's not. But it's actually called Tip of the Week. So um, yeah, basically we have a lot of these little tips and tricks for using pens. And we thought, 
we should share those with you all in somewhat of an organized fashion. So we're going to test it out, try inserting one into this and maybe the next few pencasts. And if you really like them, we can keep doing them until we run out of obvious ones. And then you'll have to give us more and then we can share them. Um, but the first one I have, this is a really easy one. So if you're writing with you know, any type of notebook. It could be a journal. It could be more of like a correspondence type paper or, you know, a notepad where you tear it off. You know, if you're using fountain pens and, you know, even if you're not that new to fountain pens, but especially if you are, um, a lot of the paper has more of a coating on it, more of a sizing to it and can be somewhat sensitive to um, hand oils, like oil from your hands. And if you're writing, if you're like me and you're wearing a sweater when it's 70 degrees and your hands are naturally oily anyway, and you're just like gobbing nastiness all over the paper <laughs> as you're writing, um, you're resting your hand on the paper and you're smearing those hand oils down. And by the time you get down towards the end of your page, you're then trying to write basically on top of your hand oils. And if you know anything about oil and water, they don't mix well. So water is repelled off of oil. So if you're taking basically a coating of hand oil and smearing it all over the page as you write, it's gonna be less likely for the ink to absorb properly into your paper. You're gonna have more maybe skipping issues. Your line might look a little finer. You might just start to see some issues. So that right there should be your first indication. If you're noticing that at the bottom half of your pages of whatever you're writing on, you tend to get more skipping and stuff like that, it might actually be your hand oils. So my little tip, if you're dealing with that, is very simple. Basically take a sheet of paper or an index card or a post-it or a piece of small plastic, if you're like Stephen Brown, literally just any type of physical barrier, put it on your paper on the lower half or whatever, let your hand rest on that. And then as you write, and then you just move it down a little bit and you just do that. Um, you know, if you have a really small notebook like this, you may have to move it, you know, a few times. It gets kind of annoying, but particularly if you're writing, if you're like journaling or you're writing something, you know, more long form, um, you get kind of in the habit of it and to the point where you don't even, don't even think of it. Um, but basically that sheet of whatever that you put on top of it will absorb all your hand oils and then you will not have any hand oil on the bottom of your page anymore. Simple hack, but a nice little tip and it works well for most. Yes, there indeed. You go. There you Enjoy. go. Tip All of the right. week. Pen of and the week. If you uh, oh. hang on one second, if you have oh, any tips that uh, you'd like for us to share, something you think that you do that's really helpful that others might not know about, shoot us an email at pencast at goulepens.com and mm. we might use it. Thank you. Yeah. You could post it in the comments too. That's all right. We could, we can, if you want to keep it, it back if out. Want, if, if you want to keep it secret though. I mean, we're not keeping secrets here, Drew. We're sharing no, we're not. our knowledge with the world. Besides, there's all kinds of comments and stuff, and, you know, it'll get buried in there with turkey hammocks and other random nonsense that we tell people to type into the comments. That we do. <laughs> all right. All right. So, Drew, we debated about skipping this segment this week or not, but we decided to go for it because if we didn't do it this week, talking about our Lamy Studios, then it was going to be three weeks, and we were like, well, it's going to seem like we just did a lot more than we are actually doing if we wait three weeks. So we're not going to wait three weeks. Um, but we will talk about how the studios that we've used for the last week. So um, this was a pen that really you wanted to use. I've used them a ton. And so I basically... It was recommended to us. But uh, it was recommended and you admitted that you had not used the studio all that much. So you wanted to learn more. So I'm mostly going to let you kind of take it away on this one and I'll interject and, uh, you know, try and interrupt and confuse you and embarrass you as much as possible. Oh, well, that's not going to be difficult. Just start singing again. Um, 
Anyway, <laughs> no, please don't. That can be arranged. Stop it. No. Um, Living so on prayer. I one, of the, one of the rings. I've heard you singing that. Um, it's pretty bad. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm so frightened by karaoke. That's why I didn't participate in the Harlem Shake video, Brian. Remember that? Even back then, I'm this like, no, this is embarrassing and weird and no, and I ran away. Yep. Anyway. We did do a Harlem Shake video back in the day, and there is an absence of Drew in that video. Thank God. I'm but so proud of there's my... Plenty of Brian, there's plenty of Brian happening, though. There's more than <laughs> enough. Anyway, I was interested <laughs> in talking about the studio because for years, I, on the customer care team, have spoken with customers about the pros and cons of the shiny, slick metal grip section. And in in passing when i have written with it just you know randomly here and there without any extended period i'm like this it's not slippy it's slippery it's not slippery it's totally fine it looks more slippery than it actually is um but i wanted to actually put that to the test and say if i did write with it for a week would i still be singing the same tune and uh not to admit hypocrisy or anything but i will say brian i did find it to be more slippery than i thought it would be it wasn't getting away from me in any way, mm -hmm. and it did not affect my writing, but I felt it enough for me to pay attention to it, and I did not mm. like that. Um, mm. It didn't, my, my, I, I looked at my fingers while I was writing, and it didn't look like my fingers were moving. I couldn't really mm -hmm. say, oh, they're going up, they're going down, but ever so slightly, I could feel that my fingers easily moved. And mm. I didn't prefer that. And again, it's not going to actually affect how I write or how long I could have written for, but it was this most subtle sensation of uh, just slight movements that normally don't happen when I'm writing that mm. just kind of were a little distracting to me. So it was just mm. slightly distracting. And I did not expect that. I really didn't. I, I actually found myself choking up on my pen a little bit and holding it right where the um the shiny meets the uh satin mm. um so it, after after i did that i'm like all right well forget that i'm just not going to do that anymore i kind of placed my thumb right there on the line and just kept my okay. forefinger my forefinger on the uh shiny part mm -hmm. to stabilize it and then it was yeah. fine um but that did surprise me i was surprised mm. at uh the fact that i was a little put off by the grip in a way that i didn't expect to I have to wonder if that's like a bit of confirmation bias because you knew you've heard about this. And so it's like something you were kind of looking out for. But I don't know. Say. I mean, it is one of the, you know, most noticeable things about this pen is that it's a very yeah. un it's an unconventional grip section. Um, and it's, it's more extreme on this pen because of the more heavily tapered nature of it than on most pens that have a slick metal grip. Yeah. And it's just very it's, it's rounded, too. There isn't anything to hold on to. But overall, the writing experience was delightful. I did actually find myself posting um, hmm. because I choked up a bit. Oh, I yeah. found that the tiny little... So at the end, this pen has a slight flare right at the edge mm -hmm. so that when you post it, it has this really satisfying pop yeah, so that the cap long. is very... so. But, but it does that because of this flare. However, mm -hmm. because I was choking so high up on the pen, that little flare was actually rubbing up uh, into my wrist, and I uh, did not like that. So the capping was actually a very, very practical um, uh, 
whatever strategy. Um, Plus, it probably balanced out the pen since you were choking up so much. Yeah, it probably yeah. helped even out the weight a little bit. It really know? did. It really did. So mm. overall, the writing experience was what I have come to expect with Lamy's. It wrote the same way you know any other mm-hmm. Lamy in this price range would have written for me with the steel nib, of course. Um, mm-hmm. And I chose Blue Water Ice, one of Brian Goulet's <gasps> favorites, uh, because this is the this is the glacier studio and i wanted to kind of nice uh fit that vibe so um why not nice. you know and i obviously love the ink the ink was very nice and i will say in conclusion this pen looks so darn good mm-hmm. i i still don't think that the grip is a deal breaker for me if i found a pen mm-hmm. i don't actually own one of these but if i if they came out with a color that was just just blew me away i would totally buy one absolutely the grip mm-hmm. grip notwithstanding i would still this would work for me just fine yeah, that's cool to hear. Um, yeah, I um, so I ended up using the stainless steel one, which has the rubber grip. So it's a whole different experience. You mm-hmm. don't end up with any of the slipperiness. And I'm kind of with you as as I'm thinking about it with the the slippery grip version of it. Um, it's not so much that the pen is like slipping out of your hands as you're trying to write with it. It's just that there is no resistance as you move your fingers. So it's like exactly it's not, it's not like you're on unstable footing like if you're trying to walk on ice you know you, your feet can just like kind of slip out from you at any moment it's not quite that unstable but there's just there's no there's no like if you're grabbing a regular pen and you're like sliding your finger on it it's going to like tug the skin a little bit like there's you're going to feel that friction you just really don't feel that so it, it just feels different that's yes. all it's really not good bad or otherwise um, for me, I think the taper is actually more of the issue. Like what I, what I tend to do with that pen, it's fine when I write for shorter periods of time, Yeah. but when I write a little bit longer, because the grip is metal, it heats up a little bit. My hands are oily. So I end up with kind of a warm, oily, slick metal tapered grip. And what happens is to keep, to keep myself kind of in place, I end up gripping the pen a little harder, a little firmer. So if I write for a long period of time, it's not that I lose control or anything like that, but I find that just my own compensation, I end up gripping the hand more, which tires out my hand. I noticed that too. I actually Mm -hmm. had to stop myself. I had to Mm -hmm. loosen my grip because my natural reaction to feeling that 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 ease of movement was to grip it harder but that just made it worse i found that when i actually let go a little bit it was way easier and the pen was the the nib was tuned perfectly so i don't need to be gripping it hard or putting down any pressure like you could i could write with this thing just like to the side and it would write beautifully yeah maybe it's a little psychological maybe it's just like and then that's kind of what i hear is like some people they they use it for a little bit and they're like no i can't deal with this thing other people are like once you kind of cross that hump, sort of like using a Lamy 2000, like the nib just feels a little different. But then once you kind of get past that and you get used to it, it's like a lot of people's favorite. Yeah. The studio is kind of the same way for a lot of people. But, um, you know, I would never tout it as like the end all be all, you know, fountain pen for everybody, because I do think it's a pretty specific and it's got a very kind of specific aesthetic as well. Um, but for me, I think the aesthetic is so good that it's worth hanging in there a little bit on the writing experience to try and get over that hump. Um, but for me, I, I kind of relegate them to more of like the quick draw pen for me. Um, the capping and uncapping is so easy. It's so pleasurable. The nibs are reliable. They write really well. Um, you know, so for me, it's more of a, a quick draw type thing where I just will take it out and write quick notes, but I'm not going to sit down and write like a long form letter with this pen. It's just not, it's not the pen for me for that purpose. Um, but I've basically ended up collecting every color 
that comes out because I like the aesthetic and I think they just look really cool. Awesome. All right. Do we want to pick a pen for next week or do we want to, uh, or I guess two weeks from now? Boy, we're yeah, we've, we've, so much. we've got a ways to go. Why don't we, why don't we, uh, uh, we'll, we'll come up with something on our own and surprise. Or if you have any recommendations, throw them at us. Oh, that's true. We have time. We, since we have an extra week in there. Yeah. Maybe y'all can make some recommendations in the comments. Um, either ones that we can do together, or if you have like specific ones in mind that you would like to recommend for each of us. Or if, if, if we see an overwhelming response where you have the pen and you want to join us, that that's an extra bonus. If we can do this along with you as well, we like to do ones that uh, you can join in, which is, you know, the studio is a good one to do there. The preppy. Yeah. Good idea. So we'll, we'll crowdsource this one and see where we can go with it. All right. All right. So personal lives, Drew, what is happening in the brown house. I am so glad you asked, Brian. It just so happens that the new Ghostbusters film is coming out this weekend. Ghostbusters Afterlife. I have tickets for 1.40 p.m. on Saturday. Mm. Not excited at all. Who are you going to call to go with you to the movies? Uh, My wife and my (laughs) son. Uh, Archer and I actually watched Ghostbusters 1 and 2 last weekend. And, really? Um, yeah, oh and I, he watched the second one. I'm like, okay, there's going to be some severed heads here. Yeah, and then there's going to be a scary dark. And then there's going to be a scary ghost train. <clears throat> and so I was like, it was the middle of the day. The windows were open, so it wasn't the experience that I had in 1989, where I was absolutely horrified and had nightmares. <laughs> so I mean, yeah. he said like, oh yeah, that's that's really creepy. I'm like, yeah, it is. You're right. Um, yeah. So yeah, but he he weathered the Ghostbusters two storm. So if any references show up, hopefully he'll get it. Depending on whether or not he was paying attention, he seemed to pay attention to some really random things, like when when Dana in the first one was like floating above her bed. Yeah, um, she was like creepy, right? But 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 his take was where's that wind coming from? (laughs) Like that was that was what he was concerned about. Why is her dress blowing? There's they're in an apartment. Like what what is this? Is this makes no sense? Ah, so he's just so sophisticated. And then like at the end, uh. They're about to fight Zool, right? And she like flips and lands on her feet behind him. And he's like, she couldn't have done that in high heels. And so like he's he's giving me that kind con- <laughs> he's giving me that commentary. And I'm wow. like, yeah, right. But but she's not a human being, Archer. She's the whatever. All right. It's so, also a movie, and the entire thing's made up. Right. But yet, so, I mean, you gotta, the, the, you gotta... the giant marshmallow man. He's like, yeah, this is what's <laughs> up. I'm like, whatever. All right, dude. Seven year olds. So anyway, wow. we're going to go see that. I am beyond excited. I have been waiting since I was a child to see a like a legit third Ghostbusters movie. So mm. uh, I I am a huge Ghostbusters fan. My first car was a 1986 Crown Victoria, and I made sure the license plate said Ecto One B on it. So um, yeah. Very excited about that. Um, oh, yeah. In other uh, Archer-related news, my seven-year-old son, I got him a Twisby swipe yesterday. Oh, um, and a big fan of that. Yeah. Uh, I actually bought a lot of uh, uh, um, holiday gifts, uh, Christmas gifts, and uh, but I gave him that one just just for fun, and he loved it. He I got him a little uh, Claire Fontaine um, journal, too, with the little gophers with the hats on. I don't know what that's called but Claire Fontaine has so many cool books these days like with so many yeah. great great colors like man really well some... to be fair they've always had really interesting designs but a lot of them are not brought into the US there's a ton of them in France yeah and that's like I'm really glad we've France. started picking some of those up because they are fun mm-hmm. and they're really yeah. stinking affordable too anyway so he's got that mm-hmm. he got a blue Twisby swipe with a little Twisby bottle of navy blue he filled it himself I told him like alright you can use the cartridge you can use the twist converter or you can use the spring one obviously he picked the spring one 
Um, but he filled it himself. He stuck it down in there, got this part of his fist inky because he touched the bottle. Yep. And I was like, "That's that happens, buddy. That's fine. That's it's a badge yep. of badge of honor. Wear it proudly." But he he started writing in his journal. He's like, "Today, my dad gave me a fountain pen," and started talking about it is a Twisby. Oh my god, it was so cute. I couldn't even. I was just I was just dying. He he loved it and. He wanted to bring it to school. I had to say no. I was like, when you when you when you are able to not get ink anywhere, then you can bring it to school. That'd be fine. But uh, let's give it some time first. But uh, yeah, it was it was really delightful. I'll put a screenshot of his little journal entry up. Um, he, he was able to spell like um, tonight with like T O O night, but he spelled the N I G H T properly. I'm like, that's the hard part, dude. Like, anyway. Nice. What are you going to do? Yeah, that's that, that, do? that's my little world. Wow. I'm impressed. The, um, Ghostbusters 2 sticks in my mind because it was the first movie I saw as a child that gave me recurring nightmares. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it pretty was... terrifying movie. I haven't seen it since I was 10. Like, No, it definitely, it was creepy. Yeah. Very. Do you still have that giant Vigo like, uh, uh, poster like in your house? I, so, I, like, so your son has seen that. Well, yeah. Well, he saw that before um, we moved. So we moved into our current house uh, a little over a year ago, and I couldn't find a place for it. It was in the basement. Like, I had this, like, finished basement game room it's sort of really, area. It's really big. It's How seven, it's seven feet tall, yeah. <laughs> it's um, really, yeah. It's yeah. like, when he says he can't find a place, like, you need, like, a wall. Yeah. So he's yeah. he's not hanging up. He's chilling out in the attic. Uh but oh, Archer, he recognized like, oh, that's the that's the painting you used to have. It's not a painting; it's a vinyl print wrapped around insulation. But yeah, uh, yeah he he's, recognized he's it. But uh, wow, Let's bring in your office, Drew. You, well, I don't oh know my god, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> it's quite large and yeah. creepy. <laughs> wow, good stuff. Um, yeah, okay. On my front, uh, nothing movie related. Oh, um, shame. Yeah, no, I um I've been an Animal Crossing uh New Horizons widower mm. ever since they came out with the new Animal Crossing update. Um, oh, my condolences. Has, yeah, I mean it's fine. I'm doing lots of yard work and stuff anyway. She's so in a better place. Eases my guilt of like being outside all the time. I mean, but she's really just like loving the heck out of that update because she's like she doesn't do anything halfway drew you know if she's going to do something she's going to maximize the experience so she is really loving the animal crossing thing so that's been a lot of fun um rachel and i celebrated 20 years of being together oh my um, god which i already already mentioned we didn't do anything crazy because it's like it was on a monday and it was like okay this is kind of whatever um but you know like got flowers and you know reminisced a little bit and stuff like that so it's kind of fun um uh then picking up lots of leaves you know drew you're i mean you know you're a big fan of the yard work um but uh man the leaves have been i don't know if i'm just like paying more attention this year but like i have to blow up my driveway every single day because it like goes through the woods and you can't see the edge of the driveway unless i blow the leaves so like it's been like a daily thing all through october and now we're halfway through november and i'm like how many leaves are left? They're like, anyway, so I've been blowing a lot of leaves, but I actually kind of really enjoy it in this beautiful weather and stuff like that. Um, I do have a follow-up last week to where I talked about the ladybug invasion that was happening in my house. Yeah. So I uh, found out it's not actually ladybugs. They are lady, or, sorry, Asian lady beetles. So they look exa- almost exactly like ladybugs, but they are slightly 
different. They still feed on aphids and stuff like that. Um, but apparently they swarm like this in large groups, especially when the weather is more temperate. And I, I don't know, I've read some articles and stuff that were like from the DC, Maryland area, like mid Atlantic region. And it just talked about how bad and how random the pattern was with these these particular beetles had something to do with the weather patterns earlier in the year and how there was like a lot of aphids out right now. And then just the warm weather that we had last week, they were just out in droves. So they're looking for like a warm place to go and nest. So they go into people's houses, usually on like the Southern facing side, because that's where the sun is hitting it most of the day. And so like in the afternoon when the sun would like, you know, reach that part of the house, that's where they would all start to invade for like a few hours and then they would stop every day. So like we saw that pattern happen all of last week. And then as soon as the weather turned hold again, nothing. They're just like, we see one here and there, but no invasion like we had last week. So it's really weird. But yeah, I like looked close up. I looked at pictures from the article about like, this is the difference in the pattern of the whatever, you know, of the spots and stuff like that on a ladybug versus a Asian lady beetle. And mm. sure enough, what we got is some lady Asian beetles. Mm. So uh, yeah, kind of interesting. But, uh, you know, thankfully the invasion seems to be over. And uh, yeah, pretty weird. Makes me wonder now, like, is that what's been like coming into our house all these years and maybe they haven't been ladybugs after all. So now I want to like go into like the light that's in my guest closet and like look at the dead bugs that are in there and see like <laughs> the years worth of dead the bugs, years, <laughs> the years of dead bugs past and see like, are these actually Asian lady beetles? I don't know, but then that's kind of weird and gross and I have other things to do. So I don't actually do it. Um, yeah. So that's been, that's been pretty interesting. Nice. Yeah. That's pretty uh, much it. We got we got family coming into town next oh. week, so we'll be yeah we'll be hosting folks. So there's a lot of getting the house ready and cleaned up and so on. So it'll be lots of that happening for me over the next week <laughs> before the in laws come and uh, you know see what state of house that we call our livelihood and we'll be like no we don't actually live like this we live like this when you come visit yeah I mean they know. Yeah, we basically clean when someone comes over. That's 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 our thing. Yeah. Sometimes we're much. even like, man, we need to invite somebody over so we'll clean. <laughs> hey, it's a life hack, right? I mean, it really is. Pure kind of. We need we we clean out of shame. Nice. Um, Brian, yeah. before we move on to comp nay updates, uh, mm-hmm. if anybody has been listening since the beginning, we mentioned mm. a little pen called the Retro Fifty One Warm Hugs, which Brian said mm-hmm. might be sold out by the time this publishes. It definitely will be sold out because we are, in fact, sold out already. Oh my gosh, are you kidding me? We sold out while we were recording? We sold out while we were recording. Yep, they're gone. So, wow. uh, for those of you who were very excited about them enough to purchase all Dang of them, it. I'm <laughs> glad like two you hours. I'm glad Jeez. you liked it. Uh, we are happy to have brought that to you. Um, for those of you who missed out, Stay tuned because we're. Uh, this is not the last retro we will do. So I'm really excited about that, but also kind of bummed because I can't tell you how many hours of my time I spend like coordinating these. Designs. I know, I know. And it's like the better the design and the better better job we do, I, I guess to a degree, like the faster it will sell. But then it's like 
yay and then it's over and they okay now shut like everybody pretend like it never happened we don't want people to feel bad about missing out and it's like dang it you know but we can never predict how many of these we're going to sell but Um, uh you know just just you know this the the next one we're going to do brian spent even more time on (laughs) you're overhyping it it's not gonna it's not gonna happen for a while um but yeah i spent more time on this next one that we do than anything else oh my gosh so I hope it pays off. <laughs> I hope it it's pays probably going to be gone like this one. So just probably come, come to grips with that right now, Brian, so that you're not sad when it happens. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Yep. Yep. You're right. <laughs> That's so funny. Like Alex was just finishing like shooting I know, this morning I know. and now we'll be like, Oh, good job. All right. Yep. That's take retro. It Shut it down. It's like it never happened. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if I should take down the story that I did on Instagram. Oh gosh, I don't know. What do you what do you do when stuff sells this quickly? Like oh, Rachel sent on email and everything. And it's the like, pictures oh, look so good too. Good, I know. Good photos. We need to do worse photos, worse theming, so people don't want it so much. No, that doesn't sound like a good idea. <laughs> I don't know. What would you all do? What would you do if you had a pen that was really hot and sold and you don't have them anymore? I mean, it sounds like a first world problem and it definitely is, but it's still a problem. Anyway. Um, yeah, but that's it. It's a one-shot deal. We are not getting more. That is for sure. Um, anyway, uh, company updates. So first, uh, first thing that's notable is that, uh, we hit our 12 year anniversary technically yesterday. Now, this is the Techni- company anniversary. Brian and Rachel company also had yes. a different thing. It was just coincidental that we happened to start this company, start selling fountain pens so close to the anniversary of when we met. Um, also our son was born on the anniversary of when we got engaged. So we like to double up on the anniversaries, I guess. Consolidation. Um, so yeah, it's been 12 years now that Goulet Pens has been selling fountain pen wares. You know, I was making pens before that. So it's really been closer to 15 years or so that we've been doing the whole fountain, just the whole pen thing in general. Um, but we really consider our anniversary to be when we first started selling fountain pen stuff on our website, um, which was 12 years ago on thursday the 17th so kind of crazy 12 years sounds like a long time it also feels like a long time like i'm kind of feeling it i don't know how you feel drew but it doesn't feel like it was just yesterday anymore it feels like no for for me i look at pictures and i'm like yeah i look a lot younger because i felt a lot younger than yeah i mean i had i I look back i'm like wow i really have been losing a lot of hair but i really don't feel like it's been that long because i feel like i've worked for like seven different companies in this time Uh, that's true because i look back i'm like no that that's not the same company then to look at another picture i'm like oh that was that was that didn't count that was some other thing like the goulet pain company as it is now is like you know four years old um yeah. And then there was another one and then there was another one. It's like we we've just been so uh just focused on um adaptation and agility and self-improvement uh, so much. Just we've just been in such in such a constant state of development, always trying to push ourselves, try new things, fail, succeed, you know. I just I just feel like I we've been too mobile for me to feel like we've been doing the same thing. I mean, you in particular, you've served a lot of different roles in a lot of different yeah. iterations and I've things done, like that. Yeah, I've done a lot of things, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's pretty cool. You know, it's uh, we didn't do a big, like, celebration or anything. You know, of course, in retrospect, it's like, man, I wish we'd started the company at the time that wasn't, like, 
right before the holiday season when we're already so busy. Uh, so we always feel like we're just cramming in an anniversary recognition when we're already kind of busy and getting tired and stuff like that. So um, we didn't do anything crazy. We definitely couldn't handle like doing a big sale or giveaway or anything like that. Um, so, you know, maybe we'll look to do some of that kind of stuff in future years. But um, even still, we've just had a lot of just appreciation, just genuine like reflection and, and stuff like that, especially the last year and a half, two years has been some of the most trying ones that we've ever had. Um, but, uh, you know, still I'm like, yeah, you know what, just kind of still being here after 12 years really feels kind of awesome. And I still love doing all this stuff and we have a great team and we have great customers and really good just audience. that's really engaged and interacting with us. And it's like, yeah, this is, this is really cool. And the fact that we've, we've changed a lot of things, but at the same time, we've kept the core of a lot that, you know, very similar, um, over those 12 years and it's still just going very strong. So it's pretty, pretty darn cool. Um, yeah. So very, very honored. Thank you all very much. Glad to still be here doing our thing and we have no plans to stop it anytime soon. So we will keep it going. All right. What is on your desk, Drew? Oh, oh, Brian Goulet. Funny you should ask. Oh, what's this cool, sweet case? Ooh. Oh, look at that. Oh, my. Oh, 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 what else is in here? Oh, another a sweet case with the same design. Oh, my gosh. Ooh, wow. How nice. You know Ooh, what would be format. really awesome? You know what would be really awesome? Oh, what oh, is no, you that? got one? Oh, so oh. good. You were just talking about how much you would regret if you missed out mm, before mm, we ran mm, out of those. Mm, 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 mm. Yes, ma'am nice. and sir. Edison Ascent, Miami Nights, GoulayPens.com exclusive with a one-point Uno Stubnib filled with Sailor Thunderfluff. Yes, sir. <laughs> A.K.A. Ink Studio 224, but who wants to say that? Not me. So, yes. It's not nearly as fun. Look at that. Just, mm. The, the 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 coordination it's just, like they were made for each other. Oh, absolutely. Look at that. It is delightful. Mm. However, Brian. I had to unink a pen that I really, really liked. I had uh, I had my Prussian well, blue. You, well, you didn't have to, Drew. You chose to. I chose to because I need it. I need regulation or else the whole world is a mess. <laughs> or else um, you look like me. Yes. yes. No, seriously. I, I, yeah. I, I have the same amount of self-control as you. So you exist as a, a, a consistent cautionary tale to me, my friend. <laughs> um <laughs> Wow. That's, so, so thank you. I don't you. know if I should be flattered thank by you. that or insulted by that. You inspire me as a cautionary tale. So, wow. But, but no, that's, that's what you call a backhanded compliment, that's what, right? That's what would happen. I'm a mess. I really am. So I need rails. I need guardrails because otherwise I would be just a runaway train of chaos. So, yes, <clears> I know. That's why I don't drink as well. So, whoo. Anyway, um, mm. I got an Edison Ascent Miami Nights, and I bought a bunch of um, uh, gifts for the holiday season. I bought some uh, Explorers for my brothers. I bought uh, a Metro for one of Archer's teachers, and then I bought a, um, a Kakuno for another teacher. So I kind of hit the whole uh, pilot starter pen zone. Um and they're they're all great for a bunch of different reasons. And uh, I went for I went with uh, Namiki black bottles, Brian, because I love the. Uh, it's actually what I use here. Um, the uh, Namiki black bottle is one of my favorites because it has a cup already inside, so that it's really easy to tip and fill when the ink gets low. I've refilled mm-hmm. with this. This is full of Noodler's black right now, but I just like the bottle a lot. So 
I went with this bottle for, um, you know, when I was gifting full bottles of ink. And then paper, I actually went with uh, Maruman Nemosini, uh, the uh, B6 uh, top wire bound. Uh, bought a bunch of those for people as well. And then a bunch of ink samples also. So, yeah, I was really happy with that. I got a lot of bang for nice. my buck. And then I bought some field notes for myself too, the uh, National Parks stuff, because they look so good. You really gone nuts in the last week, jeez. Well, you know, it's, it's this is it's for it's for the season. I'm I'm gonna be done for a while though. <laughs> Fair enough. True. Next you up, I, right? I I need to get all up in the eBay and find myself a uh, Pilot Stargazer. Ooh. And then I'll be fine. I won't ever need another fountain pen so long as I live. That'll absolutely. Be it. Absolutely. Yes. Yep. That's it. That's it. That's that's the if limit. There's, yeah. there's one thing that I personally can attest to, it's that once you buy your Grail pen you're just fully satisfied and you have no desire to get another grail pen. No, of course me. not. Of course not. I am so very, very <laughs> self-controlled with my hobby purchasing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So me, you know, I did not, I've not gone as nuts as you have. I ate a lot of pens last week, plenty. So I'm, I did not go as nuts. I did get a warm hugs, obviously, because, you know, I definitely, you know, I have to. And, uh, you know, I always keep everything exclusive that we get just because of historical reasons. Because when it sells out in two hours and then we're like, what was that pen that we had again? It's like, oh yeah, this one. Um, So that's how I justify it. Um, But uh, no, I actually cleaned-ish off the desk that I have in my front office. Oh, I thought you were going to say pens. No, I thought about it though. (laughs) I I really thought about it and even moved to the point of of considering the intention of it. Um, <laughs> so you thought about was, thinking about it. I wasn't, I wouldn't say I was fully committed to the intention oh of cleaning my God. them, but I was definitely contemplating having the intention to clean them. Um, it's a multi-step process of what goes on in my head when it comes to these things. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely, um, I I just have a lot going on and uh, we've had a lot of like rearranging stuff in our house and like getting our kids stuff organized and all that kind of stuff. So that's consumed all of my mental bandwidth. Um, but no, I mean, I cleaned up my desk enough where I could like actually like sit at it and kind of work there again. Um, it had gotten out of hand quite a bit and I was like, I don't want to go over there. So cleaned it off a little bit. It's not perfect, but it's workable and I'm getting there. Oh, I also made another puzzle. I don't think I mentioned that. But yeah, just like a 2D puzzle. It was nice. It was a 300-piece puzzle. It was like a million times easier than that Lego one that I showed a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yeah. I busted it out and uh, did it in like 30 minutes. And I was like, oh, this is uh, this is much more satisfying than like taking three weeks and taking up the entire family's table and not being able to eat dinner on half the table because of this giant weird puzzle. So that was nice to be able to... <laughs> start and finish a puzzle in a reasonable amount of time um so it's kind of fun it's probably very obvious to everybody else that's ever made a puzzle but you're like yeah don't start with like the hardest puzzle that you can possibly buy you nitwit so there you go i like to dive into things what can i say all right speaking of diving into things we've been swimming around in this pen gas long enough so we're gonna get out of the water dry ourselves off and go eat some bugles because that's what i did when I was a kid at the pool. How do you feel bugles. about bugles? They're not great. They're nostalgic because I liked them as a kid and didn't get them very often. But I eat them now and I'm like, yeah, these feel these taste very processed. 
<laughs> oh, oh, yeah, no, tremendously. It's one of those foods that has that taste where you're like, like the aftertaste. You're like, this is not good. Like you I have need to keep to eat, eating. I them. need, I need to eat another yeah. one because I don't like the taste of <laughs> yeah. it. Like when I'm over the like halfway through it. Right. So you just keep eating them, and then you're just like, oh, I really feel terrible now. Yeah. I just ate an entire bag of bugles before dinner, and you know I feel gross. <laughs> good memories um so anyway thank you so much for watching everybody please leave your comments um and uh you know it's gonna be a couple of weeks so go check out goodlaypens.com we got all kinds of holiday things we're not doing anything crazy for black friday cyber monday all that kind of stuff so don't look out for any crazy sales or anything like that but we have things on our website you can go check them out we have lots of content that you can go back and watch if you want to email us at pencast.goodlaypens.com feel free to do so I do have a random fun fact for you, though. Ooh. So the myth has it that we're always so tired on Thanksgiving because of the tryptophan in Turkey. Yeah. According to WebMD, there is no more of the amino acid tryptophan in Turkey than in any other type of poultry. It's more likely that you feel exhausted because of the crash from the inordinate amount of carbohydrates that you stuff into your gullet. So there you go. All right. That said, I very much look forward to eating too many carbohydrates on Thanksgiving myself. Because yes. that is one thing that Rachel's family does really well. Thanksgiving is like an entire event. They like cook the stuffing inside the turkey and then use like the liver of the turkey to make the gravy and stuff like that. It's a whole process, like passed down from generations kind of thing. But it is, uh, it is a lot of work. And uh I'm in like sous chef mode this year. I have to like learn the the trade. Oh, it's like the, it's like the guys that do the turkey and then the stuff. It's Rachel's dad that really like owns it. So me and my brother-in-law are like really gonna try to learn it this year, and we'll see. Because I'm not a great chef, but we're gonna try. Well, good luck. Should be fun. Thank you. Thank you, my everybody. I hope you have a wonderful next couple of weeks, and we will see you in December. Right on.